Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Shannon Lee. Shannon is the Director of Coaching at Win Without Pitching. She spent a decade in senior marketing and communication roles in Fortune 500 companies before moving on to becoming the Director at Winning With Pitching. And what's really cool about this conversation is that we are going to talk about some of the finer points of pitching people. Right. And the tips that we're going to talk about here are pretty non-conventional. So I'm really going to want you to listen to this. So Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. I'm excited to be here and dig right in. Awesome. Can you please tell everyone a little bit uh, about your background, how you got to where you are today and how you became so awesome at pitching things? You bet. And it's win without pitching. So I'm hopefully going to convince everybody not to pitch. That's going to be the goal. Eradicate the pitch. So I started out thinking that I was actually going to be an ambassador to a foreign country. And then I ended up being a sales training coach. So how I got from there to here is sort of, I don't know, it's interesting. You never really end up doing what you think you're going to do as part of it. But I spent quite a bit of time on the client side where the corporate side, where I was in marketing roles, public relations roles, crisis communication roles, and I was hiring agencies to help support me in those roles. And I just kind of came to a point where I realized that big corporate America was not for me. And I had an opportunity to go to work for a small graphic design agency in Seattle. And they asked me to come on board to do their sales and marketing. And I have to say, like at that point, I didn't fully know what that meant, but I knew that I wanted out of corporate America. And I had worked with this firm on things like annual reports and marketing campaigns. And so I jumped, I took a risk. And it turned out that selling was something I really loved and I was really good at. And along the way, I met Blair Enns, who's the founder of Win Without Pitching. And he came in and helped our firm adapt to this way of selling and a few years later, asked me to come on board as his director of coaching. So it's a form of selling that really resonates because you bring a lot of empathy to it. And it's really all about helping the client instead of convincing them or pitching them to buy something. So I want to challenge you a little bit and maybe just to, you know, to zoom out a little bit and Mm -hmm. to, you know, just make sure that we're talking about the same thing, right? Because anyone who's, uh, who's, uh, you know, devoured, you know, Gary V videos or Zig Ziglar books, Right. You know, like you said, sales and marketing is this really big, hairy type of term that everyone's throwing around. But there are some great ways to do it. Right. You know, because not 
you don't always need to be in selling mode, like, uh, yeah. you know, passing out your, you know, your business card in the elevator or, you know, pitching your new startup, you know, to the guy you're sitting next to on the, you know, on the seat, right? Yeah. In the seat on the airline. How did you come to that realization that there are different ways to sell as opposed to, you know, like just this one way of, okay, here's the brochure, here's the prospectus, here's the contract, let's sign it. Yeah. Well, I think it it starts with how does it make you feel? And when you're a creative professional, that's our target audience, it doesn't feel good for them to try to convince somebody to buy something or to try to talk somebody into why they're the best at it. And so it all has to do with flipping things on its head in the sales cycle that sees the that person that's typically viewed as a vendor being viewed as an expert practitioner and bringing deep expertise to whatever the problem is and really unlocking and carving out as much value for that client to be as possible. And in order to really do that, it requires a different approach to selling that really has you going in the door with, can I help? Is this the right fit? And if I can't, being okay walking away. Let's talk about your one big tip because the, the you know, the really big overarching tip here, I think is really poignant. And that is knowing when to be quiet, right? Let's talk about that because that is so huge because, you know, like not learning how to read people, right? Or not learning how to view their mannerisms or, you know, doing a little NLP tricks on them, you know, and things yeah. like that. Like that's, you know, that's a skill, right? Let's talk about that. Why is being quiet and embracing silence so important when you're selling? It is a superpower because if you have the ability to embrace silence, to stop talking, to just shut up, it really allows you to listen differently. And it also gets you out of the habit of filling that silence. And when you fill the silence, you typically do that with concessions or giving in on things or making assumptions instead of doing what needs to be done over the course of a sale to really understand if you can help. Okay. So how does that happen in practice though? I mean, say for example, you know, like you're pitching slash not pitching to a CEO, right? Very busy, you know, man or woman, but you know, he really wants to get to the point of what it is that you're, you're actually pushing on him. How, what is the net result of, you know, just being quiet and letting them talk or letting his VPs talk or, you know, whatever it is. How does that give you the upper hand, though, when you are selling into another organization? Well, the first thing it does is it takes the attention off of you and puts the attention on that client-to-be. And things shift in that moment because it becomes all about them. One example is a question that we have our clients ask when they're in the sales cycle. In the qualifying conversation early on, the question is, you and I are sitting down from today, three years from today, you're really happy. What's happened in those three years to make you so happy? And after you ask a big picture strategic question like that, you have to embrace silence and stop talking and give that person across the Zoom or across the desk a moment to sit and think and really begin to go through this lovely visioning exercise. If you can embrace silence in that moment, you are viewed as somebody who is strategic. You are viewed as somebody who cares about that person's wants beyond the need that they came to you with. So that's one example of what it can do to really shift direction in the conversation and set you up to be viewed as more strategic. Amazing. 
Amazing. All right. So let's take that though, but flip it. Like when you are, you know, you got them to articulate what it is that the, you know, their ideal world, you kept quiet so that you can let them talk and, you know, get it through, you know, but then inevitably, right. What comes next? The objections, right? You're too expensive. I don't know if you're a big enough company that can handle my needs. Maybe you don't understand my needs. You don't understand my market. Mm -hmm. How do you like, how do you overcome that? Like, this isn't just having a bunch of uh, index cards. Like, oh, if he, if he talks about price, talk about this, right? Right. Like, how does that, uh, like, how does that play out? Yeah, you're right. We don't want to be scripted. We want to be conversational and natural in these moments. And so your ability in that moment to understand what the common objections are and overcome them early is going to really help you to get through that sales cycle and not over allocate your time and resources to just find out later down the road that it's not a fit. So we like to say objections are your friends. If you surface them early and they're your enemies, if you surface them late, they can derail everything. And that so, is poignant. yeah, it's and that is poignant. so money, right? Money is the big objection that most people have a hard time dealing with. But if you early on in the conversation can say, Have you allocated funds for this initiative and stop talking? It becomes that client to be's objection to deal with. And they have to make a decision, right? Are they going to be transparent or not? Or are we going to have to play a little game here to have the money talk? You know, what's amazing is that every time I go into a situation where I'm talking, where I have to defend my proposal, right? You know, in order to get it to close. And my big question is that I always ask is, you know, like, what's your big number? Right. Like how much do you have to spend every month that you won't break a sweat? Right. But that you are able to dedicate to, you know, to these uh, activities that you're asking me to do, whether it's to write blogs, manage your social, manage your paid ads, you know, your online store, whatever it is. Right. And what happens is if they can't articulate the number. Right. And especially if they're like an industry, like, uh, you know, like one of my, uh, one of my clients, uh, sold men's suits. They had, a they had 12 stores in the New York area. Right. But doing the online part was just really, you know, like it was opaque. It was something that they didn't, uh, that they didn't quite understand. And when I asked them, you know, like, what's your big number? How much are you willing to dedicate to this, you know, per month? All of a sudden they get all coy about it. Right. And it's like, wait a second, come on. You know, you're already spending five figures a month to be in to be on billboards, to be on, uh, you know, to be in magazines, to be in the New York Times, to be in, uh, be on radio and TV, whatever that number is, you know, give me 20% of that and, you know, I'll figure it out. Right. But it never ceases to amaze me why those qualifying questions don't necessarily get answered right away. Right. Or it just kind of throws them off because, you know, like, first of all, I want to make sure that I'm doing business with a, you know, with a company that knows that you should have a marketing budget, right? Otherwise, I'm not going to sit here and convince you why Facebook ads are are a thing, right? You should already have an inkling of what the, you know, what that's all about. You know, like, but when you're putting that together, how do you uh, then figure out like what would be the best way to overcome those objections? Is it just more shutting up and more listening, or is it being able to come up with an actionable rebuttal so that you're like, yes, I ace these guys? Right. Like, like what should the attitude be along with the along with the tactic? So the attitude should be that of an expert practitioner. And what I mean by that is channel that person who you really respect when you're seeking advice. Maybe it's your doctor. Right. Your doctor is somebody that's going to come in and listen, but then give you what the best recommendation is to get you healthy again. 
You want to come in and channel that kind of attitude and behavior in a sales conversation. You want to be demonstrating selectivity, right? Like we don't, we don't work with everybody. We want to make sure that we're the right fit for you because you're going to take that hard earned money and it might be quite a lot of money to get the marketing turned around in the right direction. And we're going to provide a lot of value as a result, right? And so you want to be taken seriously. You want to be demonstrating selectivity and you want to be bringing these tactics of surfacing objections and embracing silence because that's how an expert would behave in the sale. You don't want to be rushing in and giving in and gaining, you know, giving concessions in in hopes of just winning the job because you're not going to be able to really provide the right value for that client if that's the case. Oh, that's actually very true, right? As long as you're coming in and you're you're establishing yourself as the expert, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I do, for example, is that I'm not always going to be seen as the expert. Right. You know, especially when people call me up and I, you know, and I realize the, you know, the call isn't going anywhere. The one thing I don't do though, is that I don't just like, all right, thank you very much. You know, bug off. Right. I try to give them as much value as possible on that Mm -hmm. call, even though I know I'm not going to get it because I want to be the person that gave them so much information that gave them so much, you know, like positive vibes. And it's just like, no, please don't do that. Like, please don't, you know, uh, hire someone for $300 a month to do your SEO. Right. That's, you know, that's the classic trope of, yeah, SEO is a real expensive proposition. Don't do it, you know, on the cheap. Right. And what happens is that they, so for me that, you know, that long timeline is just really, it can be really long because it may take them one, two, five years to come back and say, you know something, Jeff, I remember you. And you're the one who gave me the good advice. You're the one who told me to stay away. And I didn't. And I paid these three other yahoos over there and they messed it up. And now I need your help. Right. So it's like, how do you, so it's like, well, yeah, you should have listened to me first. Right. But yeah, you bring up a good point though, because what you're talking about is even though you may not move forward and do the work for that person, your integrity is intact because you were honest with them. You provided some helpful ideas that might get them better prepared for the next person they're going to talk to and potentially hire. And you said, no, maybe it's not the right fit. And that's really honest, right? And that is coming at it with a lot of integrity. And that person will remember you for that. So I think all of these things that we really believe in are things that allow you to sell with integrity, to sell with empathy, to have an eye towards really helping, knowing that you can do something that adds a lot of value and being okay saying no, if it's not a fit. Amazing. That's amazing advice. Thank you so much for that, uh, uh, Shannon. Can you please tell everyone how they can learn more about Win Without Pitching and how they can reach out to you directly if they, you know, if they want to engage with you or just or, or just get some more ideas from you? Yeah, you bet. So the best way to do it is to go to our website, which is winwithoutpitching.com. We also have a YouTube page. You can even ask me a question that lands directly in my inbox and I will respond to it um, on our YouTube page or get in touch with you individually if you prefer that route. So you can find all of it on winwithoutpitching.com. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much for that. Shannon, thank you so much for spending time with me here today. This has been really informative and I love nerding out on this stuff. I love talking sales and, mar- you know, all this stuff like, well, how do you do this <laughs> without doing that? You know, so yeah. it's, it's a great line. I love it. Shannon, you thank bet. you for being here today. You bet, Jeff. It was great to be with you as well. Thank you. 